Welcome to a regular edition of Crown Conversations. Although I got to tell you, this will be an interesting episode because the first half is me and Sarah, and we're only going to be talking for about half an hour. Then stick around after the break because I will be previewing the St. Louis Blues with Laura from St. Louis Game Time, the SBN blog that covers all things reigning champs, St. Louis Blues. All right, Sarah. It, thank you. For Yo. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you again for joining me. <laughs> Anytime. Um, okay, this road trip defied all expectations. They came oh so close to setting a franchise record, but somehow Buffalo hates its native son, and the hockey gods kind of spit on them in Buffalo this weekend. They... I honestly expected them to win the Detroit game (laughs) on this road trip. And that was kind of it. (laughs) So like while the, while the Buffalo game was frustrating because it definitely felt like one of those games where like in true Kings fashion, that they were getting all the chances and dominating possession and whatever, and then just couldn't actually, you know, succeed. um, That game was very frustrating, but like, on the whole, I can't, I can't even be mad. Like they beat freaking Boston, who like I expected that game um, to be like a David Pasternak hat trick and like I don't know Tuka Rask scored a goal just because or something. Like I didn't expect that game to be good at all, and yet they they managed to make it make it a success. <laughs> so you know the fact that they picked up any points on that trip. Um, I think has to be viewed as a uh, as a resounding success, uh, given what we <laughs> saw of them previously this season uh, on the road. I think it was so they went three. No, it w- w- how many how many games did they win? I think they won. I three. think it was. Yeah, I think it was three one and two. Three one and no that three one and one. Because they won Anaheim, Detroit, and Boston. And then, wait, you're right. I can't. Yeah, they lost Pittsburgh and Columbus. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about Columbus. I always forget about Columbus. Everyone forgets about Columbus. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they got like eight or nine points on this road trip. I can't count. Two, four, six, seven, eight. Eight points. Eight points. In my recap, I mistakenly said it was 10, so I attributed them one extra win. Oops. Sorry, guys. Well, they had 10 points. If you include that last home game against the Rangers, 
um, <laughs> which I, I would argue you could could include because that was part of their like point streak because they had a one, two, three, four, five, six game point streak, including that Rangers game. Hey, you know what? I will take a six-game point streak and getting yeah. eight out of 12 points on what was supposed to be one of their more difficult road trips. Yeah, like they, they looked competent. And I'm not I'm not going to complain about any of it because it was a nice <laughs> little glimpse of what the future may hold for the Kings. Competency? I, I Yeah. I, I I don't even know what you're talking about because I, I said the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> Competency, not con whatever the heck I said. I don't even know anymore. But yeah, I mean it was it was really nice to see that they, they looked really good. And they're I hate to keep saying this, but I swear one day their luck will turn around. I promise, guys. Um, maybe I'm just <laughs> too optimistic. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that like what needs to happen for Buffalo is that I need to go to Buffalo every time the Kings play there because that is the only time they have won recently is the year that I went on kind of tagged along behind them on their East coast road trip and went to the game up in Buffalo and they won that one. (laughs) And it actually featured like it was when Robin Leonard was still with the, the Sabres and he had like a huge meltdown in the middle of the game. And this was of course, before we knew anything about um, sort of the personal and private issues that Leonard was dealing with while he was with the Sabres. But uh, I I remember I was sitting next to a, a, you know, a Sabres fan, obviously, because that's, who goes to Sabres games um, and everyone, everyone there was super nice. And like, you know, just no one was mean to me because I was an opposing fan. And at one point I think the Sabres were up and the guy just kind of looks at me and he's like, don't worry. <laughs> he's like, don't worry. Like <laughs> so, something's coming. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, like, I was like, I don't know, dude, I've been watching the Kings all season. Like nothing's coming. <laughs> he's like, no, no, <laughs> like they'll blow it. Don't worry. And he, he was right. <laughs> Wow, what a revelation. <laughs> Are you, well, okay, you say that they won, but I really feel like they have not won in Buffalo since Christ with a, was a child. I mean, maybe that one was just, it was just a fluke, or it was a maybe a collective hallucination. Um, that could maybe. also be it. Um, I just, I, I made up that game. <laughs> Like that would be, that would be a thing that would happen to me is that I just blacked out and was like, yeah, they totally won that game. I think it was. No, they won that. Yeah, it was 2018. They won the game four to two. So you're welcome. That was was the game I was at. Wasn't that when Ted Nolan was coaching the Sabres? Um, No, I think he was gone by then. Oh. Yeah, no, it was some other guy. Was Jordy Jordan Nolan still around? No, oh. he was gone by then. <laughs> this was this was the this was the uh, the it was right after the Kings acquired Dion Phaneuf. It was that oh, uh, that God. season. 
because that they they acquired him on the road trip that I was on <laughs> with them, and I got out of a, a game and you know looked at my phone and there were all of the notifications of Rob Blake trades for Dion Phaneuf and had to sit in my friend's car and have a little yell about that one. <laughs> did you yell at her or did you just yell at the universe? I mean, I yelled at my phone and she was like, there, there. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Apparently Ted Nolan was last head coach of the Sabres in 2014. So oh. I was off by four years. <laughs> <laughs> he was there for like one season. That was it. Poor Ted Nolan. Well, it's not easy being a minority in this white sport. (laughs) And with Buffalo. (laughs) Like Ontario Rain insider, Zach Dooley, he was on this road trip as the LA Kings insider was not able to make it. So speaking of the rain, they have had their struggles lately. Oh, Rain. (laughs) It doesn't help that they have repeatedly been coming up against Tucson, who is one of the best teams uh, in the league this year somehow. I don't entirely know how that's happened, but they are. Tucson right now leads the Pacific Division. Um, They're 23-5-0. So, like, I I don't even know what you do with that. Like, <laughs> they've lost five games. Like, that's ridiculous. And we are, you know, a good chunk of time into the season. Um, Points-wise, they're second in the AHL this season. Um, if you do it by points percentage, which is, I know, like, the AHL is weird because the Pacific doesn't play as many games as the rest of the league. But by points percentage, Tucson is leading – um, so it's partially the rain's like terrible misfortune <laughs> to have had to keep playing Tucson. Um, the rain are also without three of their better players. Um, Rasmus Kupari and Tobias Bierenfoot are over in Europe with the world junior stuff. And then Kale Clegg, who has become a really solid defenseman for the rain is up with the Kings right now. So that still doesn't uh, fully excuse or explain the fact that they just lost eight to nothing <laughs> the other night. Oh no. Um, yeah. But you know, every so often the rain just throw one of those like complete stinkers. And that was one of them. I, I didn't see Mike Stothers quotes, but I'm pretty sure that they were not uh, particularly pleased <laughs> with, uh, with how that went. Um just no one had it. Uh, and they, they have the rain dropped both of their games against Tucson over uh, this past weekend. Um, they won one game against Iowa. Uh, they've just been very back and forth. You know, they had a complete meltdown of a night against San Jose the other week, and then turned around the next night to win it in the shootout. Um, it, it's just, you never know from one day to the next, which version of the Ontario rain you're going to get. And it just so happened that on Saturday we got the bad version of the rain, (laughs) the real bad version. (laughs) They're like the Kings, but worse. (laughs) And smaller. Um, (laughs) But by like the Kings, what I mean is that they, they play very similarly. in in the fact that you don't know which team is going to show up 
<laughs> on any given night? Is it going to be the good rain? The one that's like two to one and they just can't buy a freaking goal? Or I should say a freaking goal? <laughs> um, or is it the team that just is like, what's defense? I'm ready for the holiday break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's definitely like even more of a thing in like, I feel like all teams kind of get like that of like, oh, you know, the breaks here, whatever. We're just going to, you know, phone it in. Um, the AHL, I think, is even more so. <laughs> Um, having just witnessed my own kind of set of AHL games over this weekend where the team very clearly was thinking about the holiday and not about what was on the ice. Um, but yeah, the rain, like they're a little bit shorthanded. Um, they have a couple of guys that they caught up either who had been spending most of the season in the ECHL so far. Um, they just acquired a couple of guys. One guy was signed on like a PTO. I think one guy was traded for like future considerations which is like we'll give you a player someday if we need to get rid of someone um so yeah so just not the, the rain were not in in good shape to have success in the first place and boy did two gone. <laughs> sorry <laughs> this is what happens when you forget to turn off your slack notifications while you're podcasting <laughs> Inevitably, someone is going to share something in the Hockey Talk channel and be like, oh, hey. <laughs> All right. Apologies. <laughs> Always happens. Like, never yeah. freaking fails. <laughs> As you were saying, so the rain were not set up for success. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they, they weren't set up, for, set up for success. And it didn't help that they played in sort of a depleted slash cobbled together roster um, against one of the better teams in, in the AHL this season. So it is what it is. <laughs> and we'll just hope, hope for better. hope, hope it's a, a learning experience, I guess, for some of these guys who, um, you know, are new to the league and who we're hoping can make an impact for us in the future. Um, but yeah, it's it's that was definitely like a whole weekend of just burn the tape and start <laughs> over again. Um, speaking of the the prospects, this is a very weak transition, but you mentioned Kale Clegg. So I watched him in the first like 40-ish minutes and then I stopped paying attention because the Kings were being the Kings. <laughs> um Jim Fox could not stop gushing about Kale Clegg's smooth skating style and watching it. I was like, okay, Fox, I, I see where you're going with this. I mean, his skating is just, it's, it's very Swedish in that it's, it's smooth. Like North American skaters, they kind of, they kind of look like they're, they're struggling to get up and down the ice unless they're, they're very <laughs> gifted players. Like, you know, the the cart like the very if you'll notice the very gifted players very often the offensively gifted players very often are offensively good um are gifted skaters as well so Jeff Carter is a good skater and he's a good shooter uh, Jack Eichel good well he's a decent skater but he's a good shooter Connor McDavid great skater great everything else it's not fair but. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> but but even like the the lowest of the Swedish guys, like no offense to Adrian Kempe, but he's not really lighting up anybody's world right now. <laughs> but even his skate his skating style is very smooth. It's it's so nice to watch. Um Kilkleg, yeah, I think that he that was always a really big part of his game in juniors and why he was um, really highly touted uh, as a younger player and you know earned a, a spot repeatedly on uh, world juniors teams is you know his skating and you know he definitely was a you know offensive defenseman in juniors and put up some pretty pretty big numbers and getting to see him finally make the jump to the NHL. Like I, I was pretty impressed. Like I didn't, it was one of those things where like in a, in a rookie defenseman's first game, you don't want to notice him. <laughs> you, you just, you don't even want to know he's there. Uh, and he, I mean, definitely like I noticed him for good reasons, um, you know, with his skating, his passing, um, very poised with the puck. And, you know, he, he's come a long way from when he first turned pro um, and I f- remember even in some of those kind of you know prospect camps and rookie tournaments and stuff where he'd he'd play and he'd look really good one game and then the next game he'd look totally outmatched and it's taken him a little while to um, kind of round his game out. But I thought that he, for playing his first NHL game, he played almost 18 minutes. Um, you know, he did have a couple minuses on the the score sheet, but you know. So did lots of other guys. Um, wasn't just you know, Andre Kopitar was a minus two as well. So you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I was pretty impressed, and I think that he, you know, if he can keep building on on that and building on that performance and keep getting keep getting put out there for success, um, I I think it's really great to see see what he has. It's been, I feel like it's been kind of long awaited. Um, I know last season he was supposed to come up at the end of the year and then he broke his foot. So obviously could not bring him up, but you know, he's kind of evolved into a really good steady defenseman for the rain. And they (laughs) obviously are missing that based on their past couple performances. But yeah, I liked what I saw from him and I hope that they, um, he and Curtis McDermott could not be any more polar opposites (laughs) (laughs) in players, in, in skill set, in style, whatever. Um, So, you know, if Clegg kind of clicks and sticks around, you know, I could see him getting more of the regular minutes and McDermott coming in whenever they're like, ooh, we're playing the Ducks. We need someone to, you know, go push people around. Um, Eventually, eventually Alec Martinez will be be healthy again. Eventually, allegedly, maybe Derek Forbert will be healthy again. Um, And then they'll have to figure out what to do with all of these surplus defensemen. But for right now... um, I'd say keep him in the lineup, um, you know, let him learn, learn on the job instead of just sitting around waiting for his chance again. For what it's worth, he's only 21 and he was drafted in 2016 in the second round. So, I mean, considering from where he's been, where he's come from juniors up till now, you know, I think it's 21 years old. I think it's pretty good. He's such a baby. God, I know. I was looking at his birth year and I was doing the math in my head and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am a child. Um, this this has nothing to do with Kale Clegg, but the standings for a brief period, I think it was on like Friday, Saturday, the Kings were not last 
in the West. They will never be last overall, but they are currently last in the West, even though Anaheim and San Jose both lost their recent games. But it's a, it's a three-way tie. Everybody has 34 points each. Oh, that's so embarrassing. That's so embarrassing California. for everybody. California is so bad this year. Oh, hey, but here's here's one place that the Kings are not last. Um, San Jose has a worst goal has a worse goal differential than the Kings. Because That's poor true. Martin Jones, apparently Martin Jones has turned into like a, a I, I don't know. He, he's been replaced by like a dysfunctional robot uncertain. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Sharks are minus 30. The Kings are minus 22. So, hey, <laughs> we're we winning sl- something. Yeah, we're slightly better than San Jose at <laughs> something. <laughs> the only reason we're last in the West is because we've played more games than San Jose and Anaheim. One point, one stinking point, and we couldn't even. <laughs> I know it means nothing because it's it's December, it's Christmas, and uh, nothing is going like as slim as the hope was on their sixteen point streak. They're not actually going to make the playoffs this year. No, I mean it's interesting because everybody's talking about it now. Everybody keeps talking about how the Kings are uh, they're in they're in every game now. It's just it's so different than even a year ago where they were. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, I mean last year was definitely like if e- e- last year even if the Kings had somehow managed to have like a four nothing lead, I would have spent the rest of the game being like, Welp, it's coming. Like, like that guy next to me in Buffalo all those years ago was like, don't worry. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, they, I at least don't watch the games and find myself full of dread, which I, I think says a lot about the team and their prospects in the future of how they're gonna do like, for the most part, even even that Buffalo game the other day where I was like, mm, I don't think they're going to win this one. At least like the, there was still an effort and you could tell that like they didn't just like pack it in, um, which I think has been like the consistent thing for me all season is seeing them actually trying, <laughs> which seems like it shouldn't be a thing that you would have to care about that. Like they would just do that because that's their jobs. But uh, yeah, this season they've at least been, I can't really think of too many. There's been a couple, obviously, because there's a reason they're last in the West, like games that were just complete stinkers. But more often than not lately, it seems like they've been, you know, one or two goal games or kind of come down to the wire or those ones they lost in overtime. Um, they just look vaguely more competent all around. And it it does give me hope for the future that, uh, yeah, like they're not actually going to be a bubble team this year. Like that would be like the best possible scenario. And I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think the bottom is going to fall out of all these other teams to let the Kings leapfrog them. But, you know, it it next year, who knows? <laughs> Maybe they'll actually be slightly more relevant next year. <laughs> and then 
you know, then then the downside will be that like more people will watch them and then like and like by more people I don't mean like Kings fans. I mean like the people who tune into like random hockey games and then they'll be like, this team's garbage. And I'll be like, sir, where were you two years ago? <laughs> this is not garbage. <laughs> Trust me. This team is so far from two years ago. You wouldn't even recognize them. Like it might be garbage to like a Boston fan who has had a pretty good team to watch for, you know, a fairly significant period of time. Um, Please let us let, let us just have this moment of being like celebrating when the Kings leapfrog the Ducks in the standings. Like, just let us have it. Like, please, <laughs> we've suffered so much. Well, when I sent out that tweet about leapfrogging the the Ducks in the standings, I mean, it's really any port in a storm, or really any chance to be annoying <laughs> about that. <laughs> Oh, the Ducks. I mean, the Ducks right now, like, I, I kind of wish we could play them right now because, like, half of their team has, like, the flu or is hurt or both. <laughs> but I feel like that's, like, wishing, like, be careful what you wish for because then, you know, they, a hat trick would get scored by some guy no one's ever heard of before um, just to spite us. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know that they would automatically lose to the Ducks just because. <laughs> Actually, so one of the Ducks beat writers, uh, Eric Stevens, who goes by Iceman Cometh on Twitter, he had a really funny tweet this morning um, when because the Ducks have like half their team missing. It was just, it was really funny. Um Oh my God, Corbinian Holzer played on the right wing today. Sure did. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, here it is. Uh, Ducks are accepting applications to play for them in today's game. Must get down to the garden in the next 30 minutes. Only requirements are social security number and some modicum of hockey ability. <laughs> I, the, I I really feel like teams should just do that. That 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 feels like something that would happen in like the ECHL or something, where they're like, "Hey, someone just show up." <laughs> you know what? We're here. It just if you can play hockey and you got skates, good enough for us. <laughs> this he, he the the tweet that I just read. It was preempted by this one. Richard Raquel won't play today versus Rangers. Suffered upper body injury yesterday against Islanders. Ryan Getzloff will miss his second straight game with flu and an ill Jacob Silverberg will join him on the sidelines. Daniel Sprung is indeed up per Ducks. Cue mash theme. <laughs> oh my goodness. They're all like, <laughs> I, I don't want to make fun of them too much. I feel like I'm going to wish something awful down on the Kings, <laughs> but in my heart, I'm making fun of them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when they're division rivals. You have to make fun of them. <laughs> Like, we have to make fun of the Sharks because what is going on in San Jose? It's really tough. Oh, no, they're so bad. <laughs> they're so bad. No one's scoring. I just saw a tweet while we were talking that was um, about the Sharks. And 
you know, A, they fired their coach, um, which if you talk to Sharks fans was a long time coming and he probably should have gotten the boot uh, quite some time ago. Uh, but, you know, the problems weren't all on Pete DeBoer. Um, th- this is a tweet from Kevin Kurz, who reports on the Sharks for The Athletic. Um, in the past 10 games, Patrick Marlowe, no points. Barclay Goodrow, no points in the last 15 <laughs> games. Kevin LeBanc, one goal in 15 games. Uh, Sorensen, Marcus Sorensen, one goal in 13 games. Joe Thornton, no goals this season from Joe Thornton. <laughs> Two assists over his last seven games. Timo Meyer, two goals in nine games. Uh, Evander Kane, two goals in seventeen games. Eric Carlson, no goals in seven in twelve games. Brent Burns, one goal in seventeen games. And then he says, other than that, things are great. So <laughs> there's the Sharks' problem right there: is that everyone simultaneously has forgotten how to score, and Martin Jones and Aaron Dell can't stop pucks to save their lives at the moment. So. Everything's going swimmingly in San Jose, apparently. I don't know who's scoring goals for them. I think the answer is nobody. Yeah, when I talked to Shang to preview the Sharks game, uh, I think it was like a month ago. God, has it already been a month since the Kings played the Sharks? (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah. God, it's been like four weeks almost exactly because I think they played them right before Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> time uh no. I'm I don't love this. I don't love time. <laughs> Stop it. Um anyway, when I was talking to Shang, he was basically saying like their top lines aren't scoring or anything right now, but they were sort of at that time, they were getting they were slightly on the uptick and they were getting some depth scoring. Um, but now it seems like they've fallen into the king's hole where absolutely nobody is scoring at all and the goalies can't stop a beach ball. <laughs> Much like the ducks, like I, I, I feel like I should feel bad for them, but I don't, but I do because I have a lot of friends who are sharks fans, but I don't <laughs> because not going to lie. Like the handful of times the Kings have flip flopped with them in the standings. Like that's felt really good, really good <laughs> in my soul. Like, all because the Sharks have been the better team the past couple of years as the Kings have, you know, tried to figure out what exactly it is they're doing with their lives. Like, (laughs) it feels good to see the Sharks kind of struggle a little bit. Um, Have to work for it. Not going to complain about that. (laughs) I won't lie and say that it, it, you know, brings me no pleasure. You know? (laughs) And, and it all is fair in, in love and hockey because, yeah. um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are Sharks fans and they love to complain about Dustin Brown. <laughs> still hung up on Dustin Brown and that one collision between him and Hurdle from like six years ago. <laughs> and literally it has been almost six years. I think maybe yeah. longer. And pe- they, they still talk about how dirty Dustin Brown is. I'm like... Okay, but he hasn't done anything in, like, literally six years. Like, can you call him dirty? Really? I don't think so. Right? Like, he's just trying his best right now. My joke whenever, like, whenever people ask me about how how I became a Kings fan and I kind of share the whole, like, 
I started watching them because I was mad at them, like that kind of story. Uh, the other part of the story is that I always say that I knew when I started defending Dustin Brown from people <laughs> who were saying like, oh, he's dirty. He's, you know, he's a jerk on the ice. Like he's a bad guy, like player or whatever. I knew when I started defending him <laughs> again for, to people that like that's that was the point of no return for me. <laughs> Yeah, I. Whenever people start yelling about Dustin Brown, I just stay quiet. I'm just like, I'm. I'm not going to change their minds, yeah. and me yelling and wasting my breath is really not going to help. Yeah, it's it's no, it's 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 not worth it. Like they're going to think that he he stinks no matter what, and us, you know, trying to be like, no, he's actually a really good guy, like. <laughs> People are just really like, oh, you're just a homer. Like you just, you're just saying that because, okay, fine. Like whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that was, I mean, right now he's just, he's just trying his best to, to stay relevant and, you know, contribute every so often and like let a puck bounce off of him in the net every, <laughs> every handful of games. God, he hasn't scored in a while, has he? No, he, well, he scored in that, the Buffalo game, but oh, it was like a garbage time goal. It was like it was a really dumb goal. I think he like redirected it, or I mean, that's not dumb. Like that takes more skill than I have. But <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't a pretty goal. It, it wasn't a, a meaningful goal. The Kings had already basically lost. I think there were like thirty seconds left in the game. But I think that was his first in a while, though. He has not uh, been doing quite as well as he did the past few years, but also not quite as bad as he did when Daryl Sutter was like, and now you play on the fourth line. <laughs> hey, you know, who's hot and also scoring right now. See what I did. there? <laughs> I love it. Adrian Kempe. I am so <laughs> happy that he's scoring goals in hockey right now. It's like, he was a bit of a reach for the Kings back in 2014. I don't get me wrong. I love Adrian Kempe, and I think he's great and wonderful, but he's not really a top six player. And he's he's scoring goals. <laughs> I think it's like three. Like he had, he's like has goals in three consecutive games or something. Yeah. Um, he's not only he's scoring goals, but he's scoring goals as a winger because Todd McClellan, I think, realized what the rest <laughs> of us have known. <laughs> For several seasons now, which is that no matter what anyone says, Adrian Kempe is not a center. And getting to see him on the wing and like, you know, occasionally he steps in to kind of, you know, play a more center role. And I kind of like what they're doing with like Kempe and Amadio and Carter and like all of these guys who can play center that they, I feel like they have a little more freedom to kind of, you know, they're on the wing, but they're also kind of like, I just feel like it opens up their games a little more to have that versatility of, you know, being able to move around. But yeah, like Kempe has not been playing center and lo and behold, now he can like use his speed to go down the wings and, you know, use his skating to, you know, evade players and stuff and not have to be the first guy in and like the you know last guy out kind of thing. Um, He's looked a lot better now that he's in the position where, I don't know, he should have been all along, probably. <laughs> so, you know, what's really interesting to me. A few years ago, um, Jeff Carter had a quote, something about how he likes, how he prefers to play center because he feels like it gives him 
a little bit more freedom. Whereas on the wing, he's kind of handcuffed, if you will, to the side. Like he just can only go one direction, basically. But, you know, as a center, he's he's a lot more he's responsible for a lot more. So it's, it's really interesting to me that both these guys all of a sudden and I say this sarcastically, all of a sudden they start doing <laughs> magically better when they're in their preferred roles. Right. Like who, who would have thunk that? And like, I mean, I, I like what they're, I like what they're doing with Carter of kind of moving him back and forth. And I, I do think he is a better center than a winger. And that's kind of where he should be. But I, I, I think that he has the kind of game that, it doesn't really matter where you put him. He's going to find success and knowing that he still can play at wing if they need to shuffle people around more, like was good to find out, but I feel like he's been much more like 90% at center and then occasionally like, whoop, going to go down the wing instead. Um, but yeah, just crazy that, that it, when you put Adrian Kempe and Kempe, like he kept saying like, no, no, I want to be a center. I'm a center. Like that's, <laughs> this is where I'm going to play. I'm like, are you just saying that? <laughs> oh, you sweet child. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tell you to say that. <laughs> All right, Kempe, who has a gun to your head? <laughs> it was Willie. Right. Willie B. Right. Oh, Willie. He tried so hard. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Willie Desjardins tried and then the team was just like, F off. <laughs> yeah. He tried for like a hot minute and then was like, oh, no, this is going nowhere. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, it has been an interesting month to this point now that we are about three quarters of the way through uh the kings are about to take a mini three day mini <laughs> mini uh the kings are going to take a three-day holiday break and uh so from me to you fans who are listening to us so first of all thank you for listening and for subscribing to our lovely podcast here and i would just like to wish you all very happy holidays yeah have a great holiday thing <laughs> that'll be great Super fun. Just pretend there's snow. <laughs> oh, I want snow. I, I recently took a vacation to Europe and I was praying for snow the whole time and I never got any. I got rain. Ugh. I was trying to make an Ontario rain joke and I couldn't I couldn't land it. <laughs> just pretend that I did. <laughs> if you were trying, it went way over my head. <laughs> well, I, I just, I couldn't even get like, I couldn't even get like get to a joke i was just like there's something in there but i i can't find it i don't know what it is but like just pretend that i was really witty and made up an ontario rain joke about that we hope your holiday season rains yeah because you know like rules and above all okay anyway <laughs> it's never funny when you have to explain it uh this may or may not be our last podcast for 2019 I will try very hard to get a Broad Street Hockey person on to preview the Flyers, but schedules do not always align. So this may be our last podcast for 2019. As for 2020, for now, everything is going to continue as it is. So don't worry, we're not going anywhere just yet, Kings fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, thanks again for joining me, Sarah. We are going to take a quick break, so stick around, Kings fans, because up next, I'm going to talk to Laura from St. Louis Game Time about the reigning champs. Hello, and welcome to another special edition of Crown Conversations. Joining me today is St. Louis Game Time Managing Editor, Laura. Thanks for joining me, Laura. Thank you for having me. How's it going? It is going pretty well on vacation and enjoying really disgusting weather, but still on vacation, so I can nice. Well, I imagine the blues have given you reason to have a, a, a very good start to your vacation. So far, so good, yeah. Yeah, only a five-game winning streak, but, you know, who's counting? Exactly, although I did fall asleep last night on the couch uh, halfway through the game <laughs> against the Sharks, so... These uh, these California start times are, are hard when you live in the Eastern time zone. Yeah, um, the Jules managing editor Sarah she lives in Central time zone, so it's not as hard. But then she goes back east, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" It's terrible. I don't think the game last night ended until probably I guess twelve thirty, and by that time I was I was asleep. <laughs> Well, I won't, I won't say that the Sharks are exactly lighting it up to make things oh, interesting. No. no, I mean, they kind of they kind of fought back a little bit, and then it's like they just went, no, we're good. <laughs> we won a moral victory. We're fine. Well, that sounds very sharky of them. <laughs> yeah, especially after, you know, them making it to the Western Conference Finals last year. I was not expecting this level of awful, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> Well, I guess not everybody can fight off the Stanley Cup hangover. I know the Blues are fighting a hangover a lot better than I usually do, that's for sure. (laughs) If only I had their willpower. Exactly. (laughs) It would be nice. (laughs) The Blues, uh, speaking of hangovers and not having one, they they seem to show no signs of having won the Cup at all. Uh, I mean, only in their play. You know, there's there's no lag, especially almost, what is it, midway through the season now? Just about, yeah. Oh, God, where did the season go? I felt like it, the season was going to take forever, and now it's, we're like 35 games in, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it feels like yesterday was October, and, you know, Blues were raising the Stanley Cup banner, and everybody was – excited and freaked out about a hangover for this year and now it's December and people are still kind of excited but I don't think that hangover even with all the injuries I don't think it's gonna hit well uh I think if it if it does hit at any point it would be in next year's well or well uh I've it's always so weird with with the year end and the, and the way this season it bridges two years. It, it'll oh, yeah. be in the playoffs in the spring if the hangover does hit. That's kind of where I'm assuming. Like, you have to – I mean, of course, I'm a Blues fan, so I've kind of been conditioned over the years to expect the worst. So, like, this is all new territory for me. But I feel like it, it's got to eventually – like, either the, the injuries will finally start to add up or they're just going to get tired. One or the other. I'm just – I know I shouldn't automatically go to the I'm waiting on it mode, but I'm waiting on it. (laughs) 
we're hockey fans. This is how we've been conditioned over the years. Exactly. We're not the most like optimistic of people. <laughs> can't help it. No, I don't know if I've ever met a fan from any team that was like, yeah, I'm super optimistic that things are going to go perfect this year. Even with all the injuries, things are going to be great. Maybe like a Blackhawks fan from about seven or eight years ago. But I think that that optimism is kind of gone now, so, which is fine. I don't know if the Blackhawks Blackhawks fans have much optimism left in their their lives anymore. (laughs) No, and last time I watched the Blackhawks play, I don't, I can't blame them. That was, that was bad. Well, fortunately, their division rival, the Blues, are good. So, <laughs> what what happened to that the Blues finally put everything all together? What was, I guess, the missing piece? You know, that's a good question because there have been teams like the, in the past um, probably about five, six years where everybody looked at them and went, oh, yeah, this team's totally going to be successful in the Stanley Cup. And then they get to the playoffs and it's like first round, second round, they just kind of peter out and they're over and done with, and folks ask what happened, and then we start the next year with, oh, yeah, this team's going to be great, and then the same thing happens again. Um, I think that the biggest thing is just, I mean, it's it's weird to say that, like, just one coach can have this big of an impact, but I think that there's something about playing for uh, Craig Rubre that's really just, just fixed the whole thing. Like, last year there were all the um, – at the beginning of the season, there were a lot of whispers of clicks in the locker room and it being basically like a middle school cafeteria from hell. And it just, it, that stopped. All of that stopped. All those rumors stopped the second that they hired him. And I really honestly think that he's instilled something in the team like, you know, yeah, sometimes not everything's going to go your way. That's fine. Go back regroup, figure out a way to make things go your way, and then do better next time. And I think that shift in mindset has really, really helped the team out a lot. From worst to first after losing to the Kings, so you're welcome. I was just getting ready to say thank you. (laughs) Well, I don't think that no matter what the outcome of this game is uh, tomorrow, that you know, the Blues will be making another coaching change. No, I think it's going to be a while. I think that he's really going to have to lose the room, and I don't, I, I don't see that happening for a while because he's not, he's not a, he doesn't strike me as an abrasive coach. Hmm. Which different is than... <laughs> <laughs> different than a lot of guys, apparently. Apparently. Um. So. Jake Allen, he had, he sort of came out of nowhere to be the most mediocre goalie ever, and yet it works. It works. I don't know. He started, I think the last two, he started the last two games, and I think that these were like, God, the first back-to-back set of games he started in forever. But as long as he keeps, and he was actually pretty decent down the stretch last year, too. Um. But, I mean, like, as long as he keeps playing well. I mean, there's a lot of people that are concerned that maybe Bennington's hurt. The team kind of said that they're giving him a break because he's played a lot. 
which, I mean, you don't want to want him to play himself out the first half of the year. And there's no reason not to play Allen right now. So my, my one concern with Jake Allen, though, if you look at his stats, every year starting in the beginning of January through probably the beginning of March, I don't know what happens, but it's like his, his goaltending ability just, like, disappears. So I'm hoping, like, if he's there and they're still playing him and, you know, he, it's become more of a 1A, 1B tandem, I just hope that he doesn't get into his January, February funk like he usually does. Because last year it was, it was bad, and year before last was really bad. What finally led to the revelation of Bennington? Because I heard that he was buried in the minors for like five years. And then wasn't it like a forced recall? And then it, it was kind of like, oh, I guess he's good. All right, we'll keep him. Pretty much. Um, the goalie above him on the depth chart, uh, Billy Huso, he's been, if I remember right, he was dinged up and hurt a little bit last year, which is why he didn't get the call up. And, I mean, Chad Johnson is not an NHL goaltender. So when, when they needed that, you know, when they absolutely needed that, um, <clears throat> that call-up, it's like Bennington was like the only option. It was either that or trade. And Doug Armstrong, I guess, didn't have any assets he wanted to ship out. And nobody was willing to trade off one of, you know, one of their backups for, uh, for some spare parts. So, you know, uh, Doug Armstrong a lot of times really does work with it, work from within really well. And just like, yeah, I guess we'll just give him a shot. And, you know, we're already in last place. How much worse can he get? <laughs> you know, so, and I think that probably helped out too. When you don't have anything else to lose, you can take risks. And they figured Bennington was a risk. And <laughs> that was probably one of the best risks the team's ever made, honestly. And it seems like it's still paying off right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, not last year's results notwithstanding, but, I mean, so far he's he's kept up his play. Yeah, I mean, there's been – there have been a couple games where he hasn't – like, there was one where he got pulled. But, I mean, that's going to happen to any goalie. You're not going to be yeah. perfect every night. And I think that most Blues fans right now are very – I mean, you can't be angry at somebody who helped your, your team win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. You know, I'm mean, like, they've really got to screw up if you'd be mad at him. So I think most Blues fans are very happy with him. And I, I think that a lot of Blues fans are, are very happy that Jake Allen is playing as well as he's playing. Um, the feeling I'm getting from a lot of folks online is that it's either, you know, they're really they're, – they're happy with what they're getting now or they're waiting on him to screw up <laughs> just because it's – usually what's happened for the past. And I'm, I'm pretty much in the I'm happy for him and happy the way that he's playing now. I mean, both of them. We have one of the best goalie tandems in the league. I'm not going to complain about either one of them. So we know the big stars on the team, you know, Barbashev and Tarasenko and Steen and all those people and, and Perron who, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Perron and Quick, they don't really get along when they play against each other. They don't. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if David Perron just really likes to start stuff with Jonathan. Like, if he knows that he can just get under quick skin, like, real easily, so he just starts stuff on purpose Probably. now. But there have been a couple games in the past where I, like, yelled at my TV, like, dude, just stop it. <laughs> like, 
you're, you're not, you're not helping. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always funny because it seems very like, it's almost like a personal beef between them whenever well, they play. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've never seen David Braun and his three tours of duty with the blues. I've never seen him needle an, an opposing player like he goes after quick. And I really want to know like what, what started all that? Like, why are you like that? <laughs> why do you not like each other? There's got to be a juicy story there. <laughs> it has to be, because it's just like, it's just, it's so random. It's not like, you guys aren't even a divisional rival. It's not like he, we, we see each other that much. So I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing just how uh, off the rails this gets. <laughs> Some pre-Christmas fireworks for everybody. Yeah, might as well, you know, get the holidays excited. <laughs> well, since it is the Kings' last home game before the holiday break, they will shoot off fireworks post-game, so That's who knows? Cool. There, <laughs> there might be some in-game and post-game fireworks. That's fun. That is fun. We, the, the, they do not shoot off fireworks in Blues games. <laughs> that would be good. That would be something I think that, in downtown St. Louis for fireworks to go off at random in the wintertime would probably confuse people a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'd be wondering what's happening. <laughs> like, wait a second. Hold on. Are those gunshots? No. Oh, blues one. Fireworks. Okay. All right. Fireworks. We're okay. We're, we're, good we're, go. good. we're in the clear. We're in the clear. Um, but who, who on the team hasn't really gotten a lot of love? You know, somebody who's been playing well, but they're sort of flying under the radar. Well, <clears throat> right now we, we have so many um, people injured and so many random call-ups. Um, I think that Mackenzie McEachern has been playing really well. Um, and I think he's flying under the roster because he was somebody that I think people really weren't assuming was going to make it out of camp, and he did. Um, and he made it over Cairo and Costin, who Cairo was still rehabbing an injury, and they just wanted Costin to kind of get some playing time in and work on some stuff. Um, so people kind of sold him short from the start and then being on the fourth line, people were still selling him short. But, um, I mean, the Blues' strength is almost, for the longest time, has been with their fourth line. Um, and regardless of who's been on it, they they tend to play really, really well. And they're not just a bunch of grunts out there. You know, they actually do have some offensive upside. And so far this year, B. McEachern has six goals. I mean, he's been contributing a lot. Um, and I think that for a lot of people, it's just kind of, yeah, kind of gone under the radar, but I think he's really definitely one of the, one of the unsung guys that, you know, we have all these other guys that, you know, helped us win the cup and they get all the focus. And um, McEachern just kind of squeaks in there under the radar, but I think he does great stuff. What is his uh, strength that he brings to the team? Um, I think a lot of it is his work ethic. And I mean, and he doesn't shy away from getting out there. He's not going to be spooked by the puck. He, he battles well far and he goes to the net and, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't let himself be hampered by the, Oh, I'm just a fourth liner. You know, I'm just a shutdown guy kind of thing. He knows that there's this level of expectation on every player on the team of if you can, you go out there and you add offense, especially with Tarasenko out right now. 
they need it from everybody they can get it from. And I think that when, when I say that he knows his role, it's not just he knows his role as a fourth liner. It's that he knows his role as a contributing member of the team. And I think that um, that plays back a lot to just the coaching staff and how they've communicated with the guys and how they tell people, you know, you have your roles, but it's don't let this hamstring you. And out of everybody on that, that cycle through the fourth line, I really think that he's one of um, the stronger players as far as, you know, sticking with that, especially with our usual fourth liners either being hurt or playing above their pay grade right now, which they have been. Always nice to see fourth liners just do so well. And you're like, I wasn't expecting that, but I don't hate it. No, I mean, I'm always happy to see, you know, the – the fourth liners really get us get a chance and get a second to you know show what they can do and I mean people tend to to pitch at home so much and you know maybe maybe not do that <laughs> I have people always said like you can't have an all-star team and I guess it's hard for me to you know looking from the outside about what what's wrong with Toronto but Toronto and <laughs> Tampa have you know these quote-unquote all-star teams but I'm like I don't know I think it works Tampa yeah. had like 119 points last year exactly I mean it's just it's almost like you know if, if, if you watch baseball people hate on the Yankees for always trying to buy a championship every year and then sometimes some underdog team like the Nationals come along and just you know obliterate that whole narrative of well you have to have these superstars and you and and all them say the Nationals didn't have them because they did but you know I think a lot of people think that like everybody on your team like you said has to be an all-star and it works better when they're just a cohesive unit they're not playing for themselves they're playing for everybody else so what is this team's identity um, under Craig Berube like how did he aside from the the clickiness and turning them from 12 year olds into actual adults now um what's what like what did playing style on the ice like what did he do what did he change to give them this new identity I think he one of the big things that I've noticed is that he expects um tenacity on the puck and that was one of the reasons why um this year and kind of a little bit at the start of last year too um like Clem Costin got sent down, even though he was scoring a bunch in the preseason, he he didn't protect the puck well. He wasn't willing to go into the corners. He wasn't willing to fight the puck battles. And that's something that it doesn't matter if you're Tarasenko or, you know, McEcker and you're expected to get out there and, and fight for it. And I mean, I think that that the blues have always had kind of a, like a blue collar reputation. Um, They've never been the fastest team in the game. I mean, they were really quick against Colorado the other night, but they're not built for speed. They're built, you know, for for work more than anything else. Um, and I think that something that's really helped them is that um, the coaching staff understands who they have on their team and who they have to work with. Um, and, I mean, even the scorers like Tarasenko, he, he's, a, he's a big guy. You know, so you have to have have people understand that, yeah, you might be a scorer, but your size lends you to do all this other stuff well. So 
again, I think it all goes back to communication with the players and telling them you may have your like quote unquote defined roles on this team, but this is also what we expect you to do to succeed. And so far, I think it's worked really well. Do they, like, what is kind of the defining aspect of the Blues? Like, is it, like, they, they I mean, you know, blue-collar work ethic aside, is it they, they move the puck up fast, they have fast skaters? Because, uh, you know, Colorado, they're all about the speed, and they will blow you away and bury you with their speed. That is not the blues. <laughs> not that. Um, <clears throat> I think that one thing they're known for, they're, they're good at countering that speed. Hmm. If they're having a good night. There have been some nights where I've watched them and I've been like, oh, y'all are just, no. Um, <laughs> like I've said before, every team has an off night. It happens. And if the blues aren't clicking with each other and they're playing a really fast team like Colorado, it can end really badly for them. Um, but I think that they're – one of the things that they're good at, though, is they're good at sizing up the competition, understanding, listen, this is the way this team – this is the way this team plays, so this is the way we're going to have to counter it. And I think that, you know – and sometimes it takes a little bit of feeling out. I think it took them a little bit to, to figure out um, – to figure out the Bruins in the final for sure. Um, <clears throat> but – they understand that, you know, some teams are going to be faster than you are. That's fine. That just means that you wear them down like they did with the Sharks. You know, the San Jose Sharks last year at the playoffs were a very fast team, and the Blues hit the crap out of them. <laughs> and Pete DeBoer was sad and complained to the press about it a lot, but it worked. It worked. I mean, the Blues had the first game of – not really knowing what the Sharks were going to throw at him, and they had game three with a hand pass. But the rest of that series, the Blues figured out, listen, they're going to run circles around us, so we don't let them do that. And I think that that's kind of been one of their defining features, not just this year but for a while, is that they they can step it up if if and when they feel like it. And Last year and this year, under this current coaching staff that we have now, they felt like it. Thank goodness. Um, so what? Are, it's the end of the road trip. You know, mm-hmm. it's last game. It's late. Is there it, – it's right before, you know, the holiday, big, a nice three-day break. You know, is the, do you expect that there's going to be any kind of – I don't want to say emotional letdown because I feel like that's what they're going to talk about on the broadcast. But I mean, do you think that there's going to be any kind of road weariness? I don't know. Like if if you would have asked me this, this time last year, I would have been like, yeah, (laughs) they're going to lose. Um, This year though, I I don't know because I don't think that this team has an off switch right now. Like with everything that's happened to them and how many players have been injured and you know, how, how many people have made trips to the IR and I mean, with the players that gone down, have, have gone down a lot of people were just like, Oh, well that, that's it for the blues. They lost Tarasenko for five months. And now they're just like, what's a Tarasenko? Like it, it's like nothing is phasing them. So hopefully, and I, I could be wrong cause they could be pooped. I and mean, if they are, I don't blame them, but um, hopefully though at the game, they're not going to, just kind of pack it in and skate through and be like, oh, thank God we're on a break. You know, I think that they're going to – they're gonna, probably going to play this game just as hard 
as the other ones, but I, I'm pretty sure that they're ready for a couple days off because they've, they've had a really just nightmare level schedule the past week or two. So yeah, three days off I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, cause you guys have had a lot of games in the last like week or two too, haven't you? Um, pretty much since October, it feels like their schedule has been so packed. So I was looking at the schedule in October and it was like four games a week. What? It's October. Like what happened to the two, three games a week kind of ease back into the schedule? Nope. Nope. You're just going to get right into it, huh? And you know, sometimes like looking at our schedule, it feels like it's been... It's definitely like that this month. Like, I feel like I've been writing a game preview, like, at least every day. Ooh, yeah, this month's schedule sucks. But, like, even the other months, it just feels like there's been a lot of, like, like, like with you guys, it's just been go, go, go. And, okay, October was, actually, October wasn't bad for us, but November and December sucked. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, January, the only reason it doesn't look absolutely god-awful is because of the All-Star break. In that bye week, I guess they tacked on to the All-Star break. Yeah, the but, the bye week and then the All-Star break. And I think that's why October got kind of crazy for a lot of teams. Yeah, because I think what they did, looking at our schedule for us, February is going to be, like, there's a game every Tuesday and Thursday in February. Wow. It is just, the whole schedule is just, like, full. And I think (laughs) that's to make it, and then March is just, March is fine. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand the schedulers. (laughs) When I looked at LA schedule early on, I was like, Holy God, if they are not in last place at the end of December, I will be honest to God shocked because I mean, they, I think they had like outside of their, the three day break, I think they had like four days off the whole month. Oh God. And you know, they're not in last place. Anaheim is terrible. Well, I think technically the, the Kings are back in last place or they're tied for last place, but uh, yeah, no, I lied. They're, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but they're in a three-way tie with Anaheim and San Jose. This has not been a good season for any of the California teams. No, California is struggling, and thanks to SVN, we're struggling yeah. a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do not like that. Uh, I'm not yeah. a fan of any of that. No, that's that's a totally separate issue outside of this podcast but it's just it, it none of it makes a lick of sense the, no, the lawmakers did something, yeah the lawmakers did something stupid and then Vox was like how can there's no way that or the lawmakers did something stupid and people were like oh there's no way that can get worse Vox hold my beer <laughs> oh, no no let's let's make it worse it's but the best part is, is that the companies that that law were suppo- was intended to target, like Instacart and Uber and Lyft, are like, no, nah, it doesn't apply to us, and they're not abiding by it by all at all. And California is like, all right, <laughs> like yeah, it, pretty much. it blows my mind. I just this is why you you don't have super majorities for either party. 
like it's just it just, stuff gets pushed through because I live in Georgia and we've had some stupid stuff pushed through and I'm like <laughs> did y'all not talk about things can you just no. vote on stuff like what is yeah. this well hey not to get political but I mean the the parties are even more divided just because of who is president so it's just oh yeah we're not going to get into that, but I mean, it's just crazy things are happening in the U.S. Yeah, this is why I don't watch the news. I just read it. I, I tend to get less angry at words than I do at people. Yeah, I'll I can't. I'm good. I can't watch the news. It's mm-hmm. it's impossible. I just because I start yelling and and then people are like, are "You okay?" I'm like, "No, I'm not no. okay." Haven't you seen the, and then people are like, no, I don't watch the news. I'm like, I don't know why you don't watch it. <laughs> you know what? It's for the, the, the best of your sanity if you don't watch the news. It, yeah, because the past probably about three or four years, I've just, no, I've just stopped. <laughs> I've just stopped. All right. So back to the product on the ice, which is what we're here to talk about. Uh, what do you expect from the Blues in this game? Um, probably more of the same, I think. Um, they do have a tendency to kind of pick a period to take off. Usually it's a second. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if I, we saw like a really strong start and then them backing off in the second period, probably a little too much, and then then picking it up again in the third, which I think is pretty much what happened last night against the Sharks. I don't know. I was asleep. But um, they do that. They do that a lot. So, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the game plan. And if it works, it works. I wish they'd stop taking their foot <laughs> off their gas for a period. But, you know, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, so the, the Kings will have, like, a good period to really get into it, I think. Um, so if if you guys seize on that, I think that there's a chance that you could put up a good fight. Well, they've had really rotten luck. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's fascinating to me because they have not won in Harbor Center uh, in Buffalo in a really long time. And yesterday – was it yesterday? I can't even remember what. Whenever they played the the Sabers, um, it was like they were getting to all the most dangerous areas, and somehow they keep making they kept making Linus Olmark look like a freaking Vezina goalie, and I'm like, <laughs> that yeah. yeah, that's usually the Blues against any backup. <laughs> oh, we're gonna beat this. Uh, nope, nope. It's so now, it makes it more frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating because they're playing so well and you're like why won't you go in <laughs> there's like this one guy yeah it just oh it's so irritating always there's always that one team that you're always like all right it's cool we got this we're gonna beat them and no because <laughs> they trot out their backup and then all of a sudden the backup's like the greatest goalie in the world and then you lose yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, any game predictions? Hmm. I am terrible at them, honestly. <laughs> well, does it, have to be, it doesn't have to be a score prediction. It could be, oh, like, anything that you think will happen. I think we're – I mean, it's, uh, it's – so, I'm still trying to get used to the, the positivity. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling that 
it'll it'll probably I think the Blues will probably win, but depending on how tired they are, it could go to extra time. It's been a while since like the Blues had this really weird tendency at the start of the season to only be able to win in overtime. <laughs> and they finally stopped doing that. So <laughs> we haven't had an overtime win in a while. So that might be exciting. Oh, good. You know, more stress that I, that I need right exactly. before the holidays. I get to stay up even later. There yeah. you go. You know, when the game starts, I think it's 730 uh, Pacific time. Oh, God. So... <laughs> You know, by the time they get done with the song and everything, that's like 1040 your time. Yeah, and they it won't be over with until at least like 1230. So, no, more like one o'clock. Or one o'clock, and I'm elderly now, so I cannot <laughs> stay up that late anymore. I miss it, but I can't. Oh, well, the good news is it starts at nine central, so... That's Half hour. Yeah, I mean, that's a little better for, for people in, in a normal time zone. <laughs> it's not the Eastern time zone, which sucks. <laughs> uh, well, Laura, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on today. Best of luck to the Blues. Thank you. And um, sorry about all the technical technical difficulties about that. that happens. Was, happens. Happens to everybody. <laughs> This feels like it tends to happen to me more often than other people. So if I jinx you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good one. You too. Thanks.